0: Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned, as together we'll study God's Word. We are in a series that we're just launching. So glad that you're here. And we're talking about uh, rebooting the vision that is PCC. Uh, PCC started, if you don't know, Context Matters, it started uh, close to 70 years ago on August 14th, 1951, a group of 22 people gathered in a living room home in Burlingame, California. That's actually the home. And they covenanted together and said, what if we started a new work of God on the peninsula? And they didn't want to call it the Burlingame Covenant Church. They had a vision for the whole peninsula. So they called it the Peninsula Covenant Church. And the vision was always originally not to have a church that opens its doors and whoever comes in, comes in. They wanted to be proactive. They felt like the good news was too good just to hold to ourselves. So they envisioned a church that would go to the people, go to the people, go to the people. As a matter of fact, its owner, I joke around here, and many of you have heard this story, its owner, its founder, his name was Carl Johansson, he's an insurance salesman, and he died about three years ago. But well into his 90s, Carl would call me almost every month, and he'd say, Jerry, he never knew my name was Gary. (laughs) And at 95, I'm not gonna correct him, right? Jerry, he goes, praying for PCC. And then he would ask me this question, are you going to the people, Jerry? Are you going to the people? His last dying words in a hospital room: "Tell Jerry, go." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? That was not the case, though. But it was in the DNA from the start. Uh, and then they found land here uh, on Jefferson and Todd Jefferson, and what the, Jefferson and what? Not here, but uh, down Clinton Jefferson. Uh, there's, it's a Scientology church now, but that was the original building of PCC and had a, a heyday. Its first pastor was a junior in college at Stanford University who shepherded this church uh, in his spare time and shaped them to go to the people. That junior became my mentor when I was in college, not knowing, I'm sorry, when I was in seminary, not knowing that I would be called to take the baton one day at the church. He started as a founding pastor. It's crazy how God has done this. What we're endeavoring to do a couple years ago, we identified a mission, clarified our mission to empower the generations to passionately, and that's the key word, passionately follow Christ. Not tepidly, because we think if we are following Christ, and we know there are people here who aren't, and you're still welcome here, but he's too good to be tepid towards. He pulls the best out of us, to passionately follow Christ one home at a time. We're going to the people. And in our refresh, we believe if we're gonna go to the people and live into that mission, it's gonna take four commitments. We're calling it G4 discipleship. You saw the banners. A church that gathers, grows, gives, and goes gathers, grows, gives, and goes. Not just a church that gives a nod to that, that's a good idea, but a church committed to that. And for the next four weeks, we're gonna look at what I believe to be the premier church in the New Testament. It's a church called Antioch. You can read about them in Acts 11, 12, and 13. Uh, And we've chosen that church for a number of reasons. We'll unpack that in the coming weeks. With the hope, playing my cards, that we could identify in each gathering, we have four, who are the people committed to gathering growing giving and going because we believe my friends that is the way of human flourishing when around Christ we gather give uh, grow go let's pray and we're going to jump in father thank you so much thank you thank you for just walking into this building and hearing you being exalted thank you for the church gathered today not just at PCC but other churches throughout our city gathered to exalt your name in our time now, in the next remaining minutes, guide us, please. We need it. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus name, everyone said, okay, let's talk walls. Okay, a little history lesson. See if you can identify these walls. Let's go with this wall. Okay, I started easy, Great Wall of China, right? 13,000 miles long, built in the third century BC, crazy. Um, that wall was built to protect, walls protect. Let's go to the next wall. Yeah, Berlin Wall, right. Uh, That wall was built to divide. I'm old enough for I can remember President Reagan standing in front of the gate of the Berlin Wall saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Built to divide a city. Here's another one. That's just a fence, right? Uh, Because walls mark boundaries. Walls mark boundaries. Okay, walls have a purpose. Some walls protect, some walls divide. Walls mark boundaries. But not all walls are good. Uh, Walls emotionally can divide. Walls emotionally can block intimacy. Uh, And what's true of physical walls is also true of relational, emotional, spiritual walls. They wreak havoc. Have you ever been walled out? I remember my freshman year in high school, vividly, my brother, who at the time was nine years older than me, I was a youth pastor I was a freshman in high school and he said I want to take you to church I did not grace the doors of a Protestant church and I said no I'm good he's like come on just come with me I'm like okay I love my brother I would go anywhere with him I remember walking into his youth group and walking in and I remember this for an hour and a half no one talked to me I stood in a room and just watched this go on with about 30 or 40 teenagers and I felt like such an outsider they spoke this language, uh, I've heard it called Christianese, that I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying up front and to each other. An hour and a half later, we left that experience and I turned to my brother and I said, never take me back to this church again. It was one of the loneliest experiences of my life. I was walled out, not intentionally, but for the next four years, I engaged in such destructive behavior, I still carry scars from walking apart from Christ in my teenage years. I don't blame that church, but I just wanted to raise that to say we can wall people out, not intentionally. Now, do you think we have walls in the peninsula? Absolutely. Think we have walls in our country? Absolutely. You need to know this city that we're gonna study for the next four weeks, the tapestry And the context for our city is the city of Antioch, a first-century city in the Roman Empire, about half a million people long, but its history was such that it was built around division. Uh, It was created in the fourth century B.C. by two people groups that hated each other, the Greeks and the Syrians. And so what they did in building this city, they built a perimeter around the city, but then on a river, they built two walls that divided the city. It was the culture of the city. You fast forward, by the time the New Testament church was planted there, there wasn't two factions. Are you ready for this? There was 18 different factions, historian tells us, within the city. People, ethnic groups, people groups, hated each other so much they had 18 different divisions Within the city. This, my friends, was the context for one of the most influential churches in the whole New Testament. God did amazing work, and historians say there was only one time in the week that began to happen when people scaled a wall to gather together. And what divided them didn't matter, it was a time when the church would gather. He did the impossible. And here's my question for us. I mean this with all my heart. Could God do it again? In a city that has division, within a state that has division, within the divided states of America, can we be a church known for its unifying impact, where lesser, but important, but lesser ideologies are held secondary to the primary identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe it can, and we're fighting for that this year as we reboot our vision and refresh our vision. We believe a people gathering, growing, giving, and going will do amazing things for the glory of God and for the good of our city. So that's our big idea. You can see it on page one. When Christ is central, walls came tumbling down. When Christ was central, walls came tumbling down. Just wanna take a minute and build that out, and then I have some crystal clear application for all of us, okay? Turn to page two of your notes and let's look at that. The kind of church that we endeavor to be for the coming year. Here's the first. We want Christ to be central. We want Christ to be glorified. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 11, verse 21. It says, the Lord's hand was with them. Um, What that means, this was not written in English, it was written in a different language, Greek. Uh, What it means in Greek, let's just say this is the church, my microphone, this is the hand of God. The sense that the Lord's hand was with them is they were clutched, they were held, they were empowered by God. And they needed it because in a city that had 18 different divisions within it, 18 different walls within it, there would be a lot that would tear them apart, but God's hand held them together. Oh, church, I'm giving you a prayer point as you think of PCC for the posture we endeavor to be this coming year, clutched in the hand of God. Now look at this. And a great number of people believed, open book test, what are the last four words? Believed and believed and I don't know about you. I can read scripture and just read right past important phrases like that. This is key to the, to the whole church and the reason why ultimately the unity of this church toppled It had a ripple effect that toppled the Roman empire because the the constituency of the church turned to who? The Lord. The Lord means master, the preeminent one, the one who calls the shots. There was a greater, authority in their life than their caesar of the roman empire than their multi ethnic identity they didn't drop it completely but they you ready for this they surrendered it to the lord turning to implies turning from you know that turning to implies turning from I learned that in my friendships. If I was gonna turn to friends, I had to turn to from things that eroded my friendship. That's the secret of uh, a good healthy relationship, a marriage or any relationship. You turn to a spouse, you turn from lesser things. That would erode the commitment of you and your spouse. I'm reading actually a biography on Ronald Reagan. And in 1981, I'm at the part in March where he was shot. Does anyone, I'm gonna, Age myself. Does anyone else remember that? Right, I was a freshman in high school. Um, In the biography, it talks about Reagan being wheeled in. There's so much, um, so much backstory behind that, but being wheeled into the emergency room and uh, them cutting his suit away to get to the gunshot wound, and the doctors, the surgical team coming around him. And uh, in the biography, it says he turned to the doctors putting the anesthesia on on his face, and he said, "Well, doctor." I sure hope you're a Republican. (laughs) The doctor wasn't. He was a Democrat. And the doctor said this, he said, Mr. President, today we're all Republicans. And that's the last thing Reagan heard as he was put under. Now let's hold that awe and let's put it in our church circles. What the doctor was saying was this, I have my ideology. I have deeply held ideologies. But what matters more than my deeply held ideology is keeping the president alive right now. So I'm gonna surrender that to the greater thing of keeping you alive. Gang, when we gather in the divided states of America, do you think the church in America is known as the unifying force for our country? Absolutely not. And I'm calling us as the Church of Jesus Christ on the peninsula that gathers at Peninsula Covenant Church to hold as preeminent the Lord Jesus Christ so that when we gather, it doesn't matter if you're red or blue. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic place that you're in or where you come from. We're pointing towards Jesus and following him. And all are welcome here under the banner of the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. This is what made this church so powerful. This is why, as we're gonna see in a minute, people saw grace. Think about that. We're gonna read in about uh, 15 minutes uh, how they saw the grace of God. Have you ever seen grace? It was evident in this church. This is what Paul was getting at in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Look what it says in Colossians 1, 18. Paul says, uh, he, that would be Jesus, he's the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, Jesus is the most exalted one. Gang, I heard it coming down here. I parked as far away as I could in one of the last parking spots, and I came walking, and I could hear Christ being exalted. And look what it says uh, in that. Holding first place, you see this? For an hour a week at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Is that what it says? No. Uh, You know this, but Jesus didn't die on the cross so that he'd be exalted just for an hour and we can go live our lives any way we want. Human flourishing happens when he's exalted in everything. That means when I'm home and none of you are looking, Christ is going to be exalted or should be in my parenting. That means the way I treat my neighbor, Christ should be exalted in that. The way I drove from PCC Hudson here when someone cut me off in my reaction to them should be a Christ-exalting reaction. That's what Jesus wants to do in our lives. But I'm telling you, it doesn't happen, trust me, it won't happen apart from this. Mysteriously, Jesus gets manifested when we gather together. In a way, he isn't manifested on a podcast or on a live stream. And we're all for podcasts and live streams. But we're asking you to commit to this because there's something mysteriously and powerfully that happens here that doesn't happen when we're not together. If we are the body of Christ, when I don't commit to being with you, part of the body's missing. In Indianapolis right now, they've been thrown for a funk because their star quarterback resigned, or retired, didn't resign, uh, retired, and everyone's like going, what? Who are we without Andrew Luck? I want you to know when you don't commit to being here, we're not the same team. And Llewellyns are two of the most committed people I know, but when they're not here, part of the body is missing. And we're asking to refresh that vision to where in every gathering we are saying, can you commit? Can you commit to this hour? To come to serve and to bless and to be the hands and feet and mouth and prayers of Jesus? I'm biased, I'll I'll admit it. But I love the church. When I walked out of that and told my brother, never, never, never take me back to a church. You know what eroded my view of that, that rebellion? The church. Four years later, a group like you reached out to me and when I was running away from the church, the church, Jesus, ran after me. And they put up with offensive language and put up with offensive behavior and kept sharing the good news and giving me hope that Jesus could be incredibly transformative in my life, not only in college, but forever, in eternity. It was in the church that I learned what friendships are all about and how to love unconditionally. It was in the church that I met my wife. It was the church that grew my five daughters and poured into them so they could have godparents in an intergenerational community so they knew that someone loved them, someone cared for them beyond mom and dad. It was the church that let me lead worship one time. And it was the church that had the guts to say to me, You may never lead worship again. That's not your gifting. It was a church that sent me cross culturally. My first cross cultural experience was because of the church. It was a church that gave me God's heart for the world, it was a church that gave me my fifth daughter. I'm biased on the church. I will always believe in her. And when we commit to being this intergenerational, Christ-exalting community where Jesus is preeminent above every other ideology that this great democracy gives us the freedom to hold. I'm telling you, we'll be so expansive, we'll have to go on a building campaign or plant tons more churches in our city. The only time the Antioch church broke through walls I'm sorry, the only time the people of Antioch broke through walls was to gather in the church. Nothing else was as powerful and it kept them divided. Now quickly, the other thing that happened is, Christ was exalted and walls came tumbling down. Let's meet the leadership of the Antioch church. Look at Acts 13 verse one. Look at this leadership community. Now in the church of Antioch, there were, now we meet the, the leadership of it. There were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, that was a Jewish farmer from Cyprus, so an agrarian, okay, Jewish farmer from Cyprus. Then look at the other person on the leadership team, Simeon, called Niger. Uh, Niger is a Greek word for black. Most uh, scholars believe he came from Africa. Uh, Some actually believe he was the same Simeon that carried the cross of Jesus when Jesus fell under it so many times, they pulled him out of the crowd. So now we have a Jewish farmer, and an African person leading the church. Lucius of Cyrene, Cyrene is modern day Libya. Manian, this is so interesting, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. That would be the Herod that cut John the Baptist's head off. So this Herod grew up in aristocracy in the palace. So now you have a Jewish farmer and a Roman aristocrat and a Libyan and an African on the same leadership team. And Saul, that would be the number one rabbi of his day from Tarsus. We know him as Paul. Antioch gatherings in the first century likely were the only time, I said this before, I'll say it again, when the walls were transgressed and crossed for the divided city to come together. One commentator, his name is William Barclay, he says, This little group is an example of the unifying influence of Christianity. Individuals from many lands and many backgrounds have discovered the secret of togetherness because they discovered the secret is Jesus. Raise your hand if you think our country, our state, our county could use some unity these days. Yeah. What if God wanted to use us as a church to be a small outpost of that, where Jesus was so exalted that we, we broke through walls for unity? You know what that would be? That would be an answer to Jesus's prayer. Jesus has hours before his crucifixion. He knows he's about to be arrested. He's on his face before God and he's praying for the church. And in John 17, 23, here's what he prayed. Look at this. This is powerful. It says, I and them, you and me, them would be the church, you would be God the Father, me would be Jesus. Jesus in the church, Father, you in me. Look at this. So that they may be brought together to what? Complete unity. He prayed for unity. Then the world would know that you sent me, that you love them even as you've loved me. In Romans chapter eight, it tells us where Jesus is right now. You know where he is? you know this, Chris, at the right hand of the throne of God, interceding for us still. He's praying for us still. You know what he's praying for, among other things? What he prayed for originally, unity. I, I, I've told the Lord, I don't know that I have enough faith for Revit City, 90,000 people. I, 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 I just don't know but I have enough faith in and of myself for Grand Street where I live, and the 20 homes on Grand Street. And I told the Lord, you know what? Take it off your list, I'll, in your power, in your strength, I will pray, care, share, and hang in there on Grand Street. And I just have it walk and pray for home by home by home. Jesus has just told me, hey, I've got a great boost to your prayers. You function in supernatural unity, and Grand Street will know that I sent you, and that I love them. Unity isn't apologetic, my friends. So can we break through some walls for the sake of unity? I know we all believe in this. I know we would all nod. I don't think anyone in this room, regardless of where you are spiritually, would go, I'm not for unity. I know we're all aghast at headline after headline Of ethnic division. I know that, but here's what I'm asking for us at PCC. Can we do more than just give a nod to it? Can we commit to it? To breaking down walls, to paying the price so that others can experience unity. I'm just going to give you quickly two walls that I believe need to be broken down. One wall is generational at PCC. Uh, I've met with our mayor, mayors. I've been here long enough to meet with a couple of them. I've met with our city council people. Because of your, the way you live your lives, it gives me credibility to be able to meet with them. I've met with civic officials, police chiefs, fire chiefs, head librarians, principals, asking this question, what's the number one need in this city? And they are almost all in agreement. We want to be a city where kids thrive. Our staff knows, I told our student ministry staff, our children's staff, whoever wins the kids, wins the city. Whoever wins the kids, wins the city. We are challenged here on a 15 acre campus with an out, and I'm not asking for money, but with an outdated children's building and with children's meeting in adult spaces. where We're asking kids to actually come to adult spaces on adult terms and thrive. I have a goal this year that Monica our interim children's pastor wouldn't come to me one time saying Gary I got to close a kids class today because we don't have enough volunteers I'm asking that you would pray about PCC being known as a place where kids thrive now we are known for that in the city uh, we're teaching PE on nine of the 10 grammar school campuses. Our school is child care program is thriving with a wait list. Uh, don't tell anybody this, uh, but we have opportunities. I'm being asked to take that off the campus into the city. Our preschool is rocking as hard and as challenging as it is. But I'm asking, can we be a place on Sundays where kids thrive? One other wall that needs to come down, an ethnic wall. And we have come so far in breaking down and growing in diversity. We are trending the right way, my friends. I am telling you, for this coming year, we are gonna put the pedal to the metal in helping trend and be intentional to bringing down ethnic, racial walls so that we can reflect the church in heaven. So when we pray, Lord, let it be on earth as it is in heaven, we're actually reflecting what we see in Revelation 7 people from tribes, languages, people, uh, and cultures around the throne of God, worshiping Jesus. So I'm just bringing that to you. You'll hear more about this in the coming weeks, but would you pray? I'm asking you, uh, this isn't my church, this is Jesus' church, but we are the church. Would you pray about those two walls coming down, about being the answer to that? Look at the result, then we're gonna land the plane. Look at the result in Acts 11:22. 22. So this church did this, they they exalted Christ, walls came tumbling down, and in verse 22, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas in Antioch. I love this verse, verse 23. When he arrived, look at this, he saw what the grace of God had done. He saw grace. Grace had a face. Grace was a greeter at the door, welcoming people in. Grace was an usher on the inside. Handing someone a guide saying, is this your first time? Can I make this place a little more warm for you? Grace crossed a pew because they saw someone they didn't know saying, hey, I'm Gary, I don't know you, but I want to welcome you here. They saw grace because walls came down. Our dream, it's our dream, is that we would be a safe place where people flourish, where the Lord Jesus is exalted and grace abounds. So, That's where we're going this year, we gather. We're asking that you would prioritize coming together, prioritize in such a way where Christ is exalted and walls come tumbling down. Now let's get really practical. In every gathering today, I've asked people to commit. Now we have a way for you to do that and there's no pressure, you don't have to, if you wanna think about this, but we're saying, you know what, can you commit to a gathering? I'll be honest with you, this 11 o'clock gathering, For the last five years, we have siphoned off this gathering to plant other gatherings. We planted 905 based on this gathering. And then two years ago, we planted Hudson based on 905 in this gathering. And now Pastor Brian and the team with him is trying to see who's committed to 11. And we're asking people in every gathering to text us and let us know which gathering you can commit to. Now some of you can't commit, I get that but if you can, there's a phone number that will come up, 332-4438. Get out your phones, everybody, if you want. Don't go on Instagram, don't go on Facebook. You can wait, please. But get out your phones and text that number, and what will happen is uh, you will get a return text that leads you to a form to fill out where you can tell us which gathering, if you call PCC home, which gathering you're committing to. And then we will have a gathering pastor follow up with you to help empower you, not to participate as a consumer, but to participate as a contributor. It's what we're building the future on. So if you text 332-4438, tells which gathering you're committing to, we will follow up. Every week we're having you text this number with a different word. This week's word is gather and that will send an, an automatic reply for you. Friends, can we do it again? Can we be the church where Christ is exalted and walls come tumbling it down? I think we can, let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the faces I see in the men and women who uh, are endeavoring to put you central. We know that's the way to human flourishing And so Father, we pray at PCC, you would be honored, that you would do it again in our day. Lord, that we would really be a kingdom agent in these divided times to exalt you. We confess, we have held different ideologies that are important, but need to come subservient to your Lordship, your good news, We long for you to be exalted. Use us to break through walls, to be the church that unifies and grows your kingdom. We pray this in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.